Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Aridel Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan the Goose here with you as always, coming at you with episode 73 already. And again, ladies and gentlemen, like we mentioned about just about every episode, we can't get to 73 without you guys, without our listeners and everybody that continues to follow and enjoy the podcast and have some fun with us. Episode 73, I think I'm going to go with Joe Thomas of the Cleveland Browns. Now, not too many Cleveland Browns ever get celebrated in the history of life. Uh, but Joe Thomas does. First of all, guy went from being a left tackle to looking like a, you know, looking like a guy that could advertise for Weight Watchers. He dropped about 50 pounds as soon as he retired. But his other impressive feat, obviously the most impressive feat he's had, is uh, over 10,000 consecutive snaps in the NFL. And the only time he missed was uh, a basically a career-ending injury, I believe. Uh, he got he suffered a season-ending injury and said, you know what. It's time to hang up those cleats. Today's going to be a fun episode. It's a great episode leading right into Thanksgiving. I've got my co-host, Jolan Bayoukwe, in the studio. Jolan, what's up, brother? What's going on, bro? Um, number 73, I'm going to give us Larry Allen. Uh, two all-decade teams, Cowboys, Hall of Famer. Um, I believe he won a Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl 30, I believe he won with the Cowboys in 94. The last time I had any sort of success. Um, but yeah, Larry Allen, strongest man in the NFL. Be right. Strongest man in the NFL ever. Was he the guy that touched the football after the blocked field goal or something and, and it, it was in the end zone? I, f- I forget. Something crazy like that happened. Um, Not to knowledge, I'll be I'm, honest. I'm blanking on the moment. It, it like Every once in a while, like pops back into my memory, but clearly not fully. But today, Eric Moltner joining us in here, special episode. Uh, Malt, what's up, dude? What's up, guys? How is everybody? Uh, Jolon picking a cowboy on Cowboy Week is pretty interesting. But uh, I'll go with Dennis Rodman. Fun fact, didn't know this before Googling it. Dennis Rodman wore 73 on the Lakers. There you go. Fun fact for today. And uh, Dennis Rodman, again, huge part of that Bulls dynasty uh, there. And, you know, as you saw in the Last Dance documentary, you know, was on the verge of killing himself, really. Drove, had the weapon in his car fell asleep and somebody caught him and found him while he was asleep, stopped him from doing that. Uh, and then he eventually goes from the Pistons to the Bulls uh, and wins wins the titles with that. So uh, another fun factor today. But Jolan, I know we've got an action-packed podcast today, so let's do it. Let's uh, start up in the MLB. You said we have some uh, free agency that needs to be shaken up. What do you mean by that? Yeah, Jolan, I just think free agency has gotten stale in Major League Baseball. I think... You know, we can all agree, NFL free agency is awesome. Um, they they start, so the Super Bowl ends, they give it about a month or so, uh, and then I believe it's March, sometime in March, first or second week, they start the legal tampering period, and then like three days later you can start signing contracts. Everybody gets excited, everybody gets juiced up. And I think Joel on the NBA, who, you know, who is, again, like in my, in my regard, I, like I just don't sit around and watch NBA games anymore, not the way I used to. But I can I can always tell you free agency at the beginning of July is awesome. There's always a spree. There's always guys signing. Ever since Bryce Harper was a free agent a few years ago, Major League Baseball's free agency has just kind of went dead. Like it starts a couple days after the World Series, but that's it. These guys don't sign until you know they they kind of let the winter go. They take the holidays maybe you know with their families and stuff like that. And that's obviously not their fault. Um, but most of these guys will finally settle in come January uh, and February. So. You know, in my eyes, why not start free agency at one given point? Especially in baseball because you have so many different, like, tenders and the, there's the Rule 5 draft or whatever. Like, who becomes eligible for that? All these things. So why not set it at, like, 
you know, either mid-December or January 1st, something like that, all of it opens up. You don't have as much time as a player, uh, so there's a little bit of a sense of urgency from kind of everybody around. Just a different way to spice it up because now you've got an entire offseason of great moves that are just so far spread out. It's kind of it kind of loses pop a little bit. Like, well, you know, Mo, what do you think? Uh, I agree. It's always you're right. Since that Bryce Harper Manny Machado time, where those guys sat out until like the week before the season started, yeah, it doesn't even feel like MLB free agency has really started. I know we'll talk about a couple guys, smaller guys that have signed places, a couple relievers here and there. But, uh, yeah, like I was reading today, I know we'll talk about Aaron Judge, but I was reading today that, no, he hasn't been offered a contract by anyone yet. And I was thinking, like, how is that possible? How is the number one free agent not offered a contract already? Yeah. So I agree with you. If you, like, have a start date closer to the season and kind of, like, pops off like the NBA would, that would be cooler. I agree. And it's more got, of a slow burn than anything. It's like, And you got a lot of guys that are, like, waiting, you know, on a guy like Aaron Judge. Yeah. You know, see where the big money is going to go and then go after you. You've got teams that... Hey, if we get Aaron Judge, we're out on X, Y, and Z. You know, they they got to kind of make decisions based off of it. So if you start it right then and there, and you know, say it's January first, and boom, right on New Year's Day, Aaron Judge signs, you know, nine ninety year, five hundred million dollar contract with the Yanks. Like, like that to me, I, I think would bring some excitement back. And it's a sport that, you know, is doing everything they say they're doing, everything in their power to bring excitement back to the game. That shouldn't just be on the field. It should be off the field as well. Uh, and in free agency, I just think it's a little tweak that they can do uh, to bring some uh, pizzazz back to their free uh, to to their offseason. So let's stick in free agency. Goose will go with you with the Mets. Malt you with the Yankees. Goose, we'll start with you. Oh boy. Besides, um, obviously we extended Edwin Diaz already. Jolie Rodriguez goes to the Red Sox on a. I believe it's a short uh, two-year Probably, year deal. A, yeah, one-year, two-year two year deal, whatever it is. What are your realistic free agency expectations for the Mets this year, and what are some positional needs you think we need to address? Well, listen, it's not my checkbook, so I'm writing blank checks all day, every day, and, you know, when the when, when they come to collect, then I'll pay it. But I think we've gotten to the point, Joel, and we've seen – it. it's not the same as other sports because of the lack of a salary cap. I know you've got the tax threshold, um, but really, like – you know, you look at we'll go to a sport like basketball. You sign a guy to a max contract, you're now out on two to three other guys. In baseball, you can sign a guy to a huge contract and still get some other guys for 15 mil a year, 17 mil a year. Like you're not really handicapped the way you are in other sports. Um, Joel and I've said it for a while. I think Jacob Degrom's got to be the number one priority. I think you got to bring him back. His surgeon came out and said he's at no bigger risk than anybody else's age, meaning his injuries aren't. You know, his previous injuries are not going to um, uh, resurface, per se. And I, I look at it this way, John. When that guy's on, you know, we talk about it. He's he's the best pitcher in baseball when he's got his stuff going. And to give him a full offseason to kind of find his way back to being able to pitch, you know, that seven innings, 110 pitches, whatever it is, I think you got to go to that. And then, you know, you got to make a decision on Brandon Nimmo. What is he worth to your baseball team? If he's worth... You know, I think you're going to have to compete in, in, in a decent money market, especially after Cody Bellinger got released. Uh, he's the other big center fielder on the market. Been in a Obviously, big slump, though. you gotta, you got to mention that. Yeah, he doesn't hit as well as Nimmo does, but, again, he's still a guy that's 26 years old and is three years away removed from uh, an MVP, which is, you know, just ridiculous when you think about it. Um, so, And they've got the other pitching prospect, the kid Senga uh, from overseas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's supposed to be... One of the Mets' top targets. So I think you look at a guy like him and a guy like DeGrom, you pair that in your staff, you fill out the rest of it, you can figure it out. 
Um, and then you go after, you got to get some bats. You got to get some power in that lineup. I don't know what that looks like. Is that the face of, you know, is that J.D. Martinez? Uh, whatever whatever pops left in his bat. Um, Devers, it, maybe? Maybe Devers. He's going to, you know, he's going to cost a ton. Um, you know, I know a guy like Trey Turner's a pipe dream. He's more contact than power necessarily, but um, you'd be able to kind of shift the shift the team around a little bit. An everyday guy. An everyday guy, 100%. So, you know, we'll see what they do, John, but I think, it, you know, the focus right now is still in that pitching staff and how they kind of bring it all together on which big names they could bring. Because if the ground doesn't come back, you go after a guy like Verlander. You know, is he willing to come here? I would love for Kate Upton to come to New York. More than more than welcome. Um, and Carlos Rodon's another guy we've heard. So we'll see. But I think Jacob DeGrom's got to be priority number one in my book. And uh, I think the Mets got to do anything they can to sign him. Molt, let's slip to you. Let's start with the Yankees. Obviously, the judge sweepstakes. He travels out west to San Francisco. Do, does this worry you as a Yankees fan? Do you think San Francisco is going to get him out there? keep him out there. Uh, he met with the Giants today. Apparently it was an all-day meeting, and it went pretty well. I, I mean, reports weren't going to say anything different than it went well, right? They wouldn't say it went bad. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I'm a little worried. It's never fun when you actually see him there. I can't believe the Yankees let him out of New York City without a massive contract offer because you had to know he was going back there for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I'm sure he'll be back there again. Family ties. Yeah. So, I mean, that worries me a little bit, but and I, I think I've said this maybe on the podcast before. And I could be super biased. There can't be a better place to play. There isn't a better, in my opinion, a better position in all of sports than the face of the New York Yankees. The number one guy on probably the most famous sport brand in all of sports. And the only way we lose out is if they pay him something ridiculous. Like Cano a couple years ago to Seattle. Now it's probably like a decade ago to Seattle. (laughs) They outbid us by like $90 Sure, I don't think that will happen. Uh, getting outbid by ninety million, but that worries me. But other than that, I can't imagine him leaving. I'm still at a zero percent uh, of him leaving. Goose, what's your thoughts on this judge heading out west? Well, that's the old, um, it's the old uh, Doc Rivers, Chris Paul trick, right? You just lock him in a room and don't yep. let him leave. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, he's going to go out there and visit his family. He's doing what every free agent does. They, you know, I find it funny when they ask him about it. Uh, they got him on video, and he was like, "Oh, I'm just going to see family." No, 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 dude. We know, like, we know you're going to meet with. Like, it's okay. You can yeah. tell us that you're a free agent. That's the beauty of being a free agent is you're allowed to just go out and meet with whatever team you want. Um, obviously, being in your hometown plays plays a factor, but I think Moltz right. I think you know, being being a Yankee, being the face of the Yankees, uh, with a chance to be the captain, as long as the, you know, as long as Hal doesn't go super cheap. You know, I think I, I, I can't see Judge in a different uniform. Um, but, you know, that's how he's going to have to come up with the money. You know, and again, like, I don't I don't mean come up with the money as if, like, they're like the athletics who have, like, yeah. the worst, lowest payroll in baseball. But it, it just it hasn't felt like the Yankees spending. There's a lot of, like, dead money. Like, mm-hmm. I think Donaldson, Hicks, like, those are the guys you hear about. They're just It's a lot of money invested in those guys, and it's just dead money at this point because we've kind of seen that, you know, they're, they're not really fit. You know, to and kind this, of be there. This would be the biggest contract in Yankee history. I'm assuming 100%. it's going to be bigger than Cole's. Um, no doubt. But yeah, and it's not even like the Giants. I know, granted, they've won three World Series, I think, in our lifetime now. But they're the little, they're like the little brother of of Al- of California. Their owner likes to win, though, a lot. They won 80 games, 80, 80 games this year. Very true. I mean, granted, the Yankees take Judge off the Yankees this year. They might win 80 games this year. <laughs> I mean, some teams win 80 games and they kind of say, okay. 
kind of average. Some teams win 80 games and they say, hey, we're not going to be outbid this you year. You put Judge on the Giants, the Dodgers are still the, the, the face of California. They're still the big dogs 100%. there. You know what I mean? I mean there's, there's five teams to be. But it's, it's LA. LA. Yeah. The Dodgers are the Dodgers. I think they're the number two place to play. The Dodgers are a pain. And I'm actually more worried about the Dodgers than I necessarily am the Giants. Well, the, well, I think because if he grew up a Dodger fan, I'd be, I'd be like, yeah, I'm nervous because yeah. that, that's yeah. a place. If you're the face of the Dodgers, like that's a, mm. that's a very big calling. Yeah, but the, they're the Giants. I don't know. You think of the Giants? You think of like Tim Lincecum. You know what I mean? I don't think of anyone like Tim crazy. Tim Lincecum, Brian Wilson, yeah, got, Ser, uh, Sergio Romo. Yeah, I don't think of any stud guy. And like, if you want to go out, like I don't know. I think the West is bad to play baseball in. You're playing at 10 p.m. Everyone's asleep. Like, when was the last time you guys watched Mike Trout play baseball? Probably when he was on the East Coast. Yeah. Have yeah, yeah, you ever stayed up for a Mike Trout? Did he make an all-star game appearance? He might have, yeah. Might have been yeah, probably. probably. Uh, sticking with the Yankees, though, Cashman and Boone, obviously, we assume they're going to be back. No deal in place yet. I already got Goose's thoughts on this. I want to get yours. What's your thoughts on these guys leading the helmets for agency? Uh, I love Cashman. I'm a huge Cashman guy. Oh, uh, over, I am. I really am. And you even saw it in the playoffs this year. Different voice from what I, what the whole fan yeah, base people, is saying. Yeah, people, I, like. I feel like Cashman didn't deserve any blame for this. Look at the injuries before. People c- complained about contact. We lost Ben Attendee and LeMayu for the playoffs. Those are the contact guys. Like that, Ben Attendee was a lefty bat. He, bat, he was batting three, like 20 when we traded for him. LeMayu was supposed to, I mean, he hasn't been huge contract contact lately, but that's his role. You know, we traded for the center fielder. I'm forgetting his name. It's escaping me right now. Harrison Bader. Bader. Guy hit five home runs in six games. That's that's the dude you need. That's like the the guy you need to win a World Series. This no-name guy that has an incredible playoff run. And everyone complained we traded Jordan Montgomery away for him. This guy did everything we could have asked. Like, so, I don't know. Cashman, I feel like, put the piece together. We had injuries that hurt. Yeah, there were some guys that were bad. Like, Donaldson was terrible. Hicks was terrible. But I think he did enough to fill the pieces. Okay. With, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of dead money out there. Yeah, no, they're not. Yeah, there's not. There's dead money, but no one's. No GM has a perfect window right. the whole way. We 100%. had two guys that were supposed to be major pieces of this team that got hurt. He traded for Harrison Bader. Everyone freaked out. He turned out to be the best player on the playoff roster. And you know, no offense, love Judge. He batted 145. I don't care what who else played what. Our star player bats 145. Whole team batted 160 in the playoffs. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm saying, but Judge was the guy that batted 362 yeah. homers. Mm-hmm. We were expecting something like that to show up in the postseason. I mean, Bat- maybe with maybe Benetendi- it shows the flaws, though, like how the team was constructed if you don't have Judge doing the miraculous. But you also the then you're here. losing an all-star left fielder in Andrew Benetendi and an all-star second baseman in DJ LeMayo. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's three guys. That's three all-stars that basically weren't playing. Cause Judge had one home run. Three guys that basically weren't there. So Cashman, no issue. Boone. I've never been a big Boone guy, uh, but like my, this is my dad's my dad's biggest argument. Boone is a yes man to whatever the Yankees want. Analytically, he gets handed this, do this. When this happens, do this, and he says okay and does it. So if you're firing Aaron Boone, what are you looking for in the next head coach? The new MacBook Pro. Um, the reason I and again the reason the Bader trade got hammered was because Jordan Montgomery decided to look like Cy Young. Yes, five and zero, oh, like a one ERA. Yeah, right. I mean, outside of that, it, you know. I kind of agree, and you know we can't overlook the Joey Gallo stats. That once Joey Gallo left yes. his team, you can't actually, they were not yeah. they were not the same. Yeah. They, they were just not the same baseball team. Um, pretty interesting though. Boone is under contract. Cashman still doesn't have a deal yet, uh, so the guy's like kind of like half working for free. But yeah, he's um, working though, which, which is weird. weird. Yeah, like, that's a weird. very like weird. I said that when he came out with his initial press conference. It's also I'm like. This guy doesn't have a contract. He's not taking yeah. an employee. Cash daily. And then he Dude, said in his one interview, he was like, "Yeah, we don't have a contract yet, but we're picking up Severino's option." And I was thinking, like, why is he telling me this? <laughs> like, he can't do this. He can't pick this option. He's, he's working tax. For yeah. this and then I was like, "Who is doing everything right now? Like, is he just in the building? Is he still going to the building?" 
believe so. 100%. I think so. Like, is he in his office? Cashman is now a Steinbrenner through and through. In every sense of the last name, he's he's the fourth guy. But but, but same thing that you fought you fire Brian Cashman, he gets hired by someone the next day. And who do we bring in? What GM are we bringing in? Yeah. It's, it's, a, good a, it's a good question. And Boone Boone's the ultimate guy, Joel, I'll just say this real quick. He knows how to handle media. Yeah. You yeah. know, he he worked as a broadcaster, like he knows he knows mm-hmm. New York. He kinda understand. he well obviously played here too. Yeah. So he know you know, he knows how to say the right things, you know, when they're needed. Yeah. And you can't understate that in this market. We've seen it with the football teams in this in, in this state, the the basketball teams, the baseball teams, everything. You see guys melt or organizations melt when they can't say the right thing to the media. You can't underestimate. Like, he just says the right things. Yeah. And, and for what it's worth, he's won. I mean, we won 99 games this year, but set, rounded up to 100. That'd be his third 100-win season in five years, and one was a COVID year. Boone has milked the Game 7 home run now for, what, 30 years? 20 I mean, years? I, I would milk it. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> one of the biggest moments in Yankee history. Been a while. Right, they lost it was 2003. Yeah. Sticking with the Yankees and free agency, what's your expectations for them? Would you rather have Judge and kind of get um, lesser guys to fill yeah. positions of need, or would you have or lose Judge and sign better positions to fill positions of need? No, I'm going Judge, big money. Bring up, keep Cabrera up Oof. with a decent second half of the year for us, a young guy. Bring, bring up a, I guess this, I don't know, this is weird because we re-signed IKF for a year. I'm thinking the game plan is move him to third. That's Volpe's backup. Get rid of, yeah, I think Volpe's coming up. Well, I actually think Peraz is coming up the other shortstop first. Move IKF to third, get rid of Donaldson, put Cabrera in left. I think we're going to have a bunch of guys making no money on the team to, to counteract the judge count contract for at least a year. See how that works, get to the deadline, and they can make moves. Some of those guys might pop. Yeah, Plaza. and then I'm thinking I'm hoping for a bullpen arm or two because we are losing some guys. Bullpen arm or two and judge is like all I really expect. That's yeah, basically it for the MLB. I mean, you got anything on the Yankees, Goose? No, it's uh, – listen, I mean, you know, you're going to spend – you're spend what you're going to spend. I was going to say something, and I'm just completely blanking on what it could be. So <laughs> uh... Not great. So I'll just pop into another conversation <laughs> when it comes back into my head. Let's yeah. just jump into the NBA then. Not too many storylines going on. Obviously, Celtics still red hot. 76ers still getting some wins here and there. But the main thing on the East Coast in the NBA is the Brooklyn Nets with Kyrie Irving. Goose, what's going on here the past couple weeks? Yeah, it bothers me, Joe Ron. Why? Because New York basketball is everything off the court. Nothing Like, the Knicks in the beginning of the year, it was their effort. But everything's off the court. Like, everything is Tim, is Tom Thibodeau the right coach? Where's Leon? Leon Rose, could you show up to a press conference or host one, please, for God's sake? And if you're in the Nets, everything off the court. KD requests a trade. He requests the firing of the coach. Then they go 2-5. and five, Then they win a game. And then they fire the coach. Now Kyrie's got this whole... The fact that Kyrie doesn't understand that he is promoting this video by putting it on his platform with 4 million people, it bothers me. Well, we haven't spoke about this at all. So what's some context behind this? Well, this is a movie, and I believe it's a book, too. It's on Amazon. It's... I mean, we're so, gonna get in the context of what happened. We it, are just—it's co- a pretty anti-Semitic Ky- movie. It's, context of Kyrie Irving, right? It's a pretty anti-Semitic movie. Uh, it's got fake Hitler quotes in there. It's got quotes that that say um, that the Jews made up the Holocaust in order to rain power on the world and get, like get sympathy and then you know take over power on the entire world. And it's this is BS, right? And this is the stuff he's posting on his social media. And then questioned a reporter who said, asked him, "Why are you promoting it?" And said, am I actually promoting it? And the fact that he doesn't understand that line uh, is probably issue number one. 
So he shared this to his Twitter. He shared this to his Twitter, and then he was given, I believe, at least two, potentially three, opportunities to apologize, just say, I'm sorry, and move on. Instead, he goes into uh, philosophy mode uh, and starts trying to talk and use big words that he thinks people don't really actually understand, yet uh, they clearly do because it all comes back to the same BS. The Nets eventually suspend him for five, at least five games until he could um, complete a list of actions, uh, which involved an apology and meeting with uh, Jewish members of certain communities. And uh, he finally met that Jolan. He came back. I think he's two games in. And I, I don't know. It should, everywhere Kyrie goes, it's a clown show at this point. It, every locker room, every city... Enough's enough. So let's get your both your thoughts on this whole situation. If you're an exec, what do you do with this Kyrie debacle? What my <laughs> the biggest issue I think for the whole thing now is what do you do? Because you can't get the trade value of what Kyrie is. Take everything else away. Put like uh, the mystery head picture up and his stats and like a video of his ability. He's a top. You know, you could argue top one point guard in the NBA, but what top available. three, yeah, 100%. top three guy. He's a top five dude. I mean, how old is he right now? He's still under thirty. Twenty nine. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's one. He's a top ten guy to build a team around when that, all this stuff off the court's not occurring. So, like, and what are you getting for him in a trade? If you're another team, you're not. What are you? You're not getting up a first round for him. Maybe Ball one first seconds. round pick. Yeah. yeah, it's not worth it. So I don't know. You gotta hope. You just have to like, as an exec, just cross your fingers and put like two spoons under your bed and hope it snows and that he doesn't say anything. Like, well, there's nothing else to do. But how how bad does Sean Marks look now? Right, we we heard that the only team that wanted to trade for him was uh, the Lakers in the offseason. Oh, you should have just pulled the trigger. Yeah, like, no, yeah they, yeah, they were willing to trade. Yeah, again, what you would have done with Russell Westbrook, I don't really know. And at this point, though, who really cares? But like, then KD would have been gone. Him? I think is the problem. Well, I, I mean, I thought like my thought process was you were going to buy out Russell Westbrook. Yeah, like if you traded for him, you buy him I out because KD doesn't want him, and then you figure you know you figure everything else out from there. But you'd at least get a first-round pick back for him. Yeah. Like, now what do you get? Like, if I'm a GM or an exec, I'm not putting up. Uh, I'm not touching. I'm not. I'm, I'm, not, not. I'm not putting. I might not touch him. I'm sure as hell not putting up a first-round pick for I him. I don't think I'm touching him. I'm another it's, GM unless my team is like miserable, miserable and has no future. I'm not. Why well, touch him? The crazy part is it all loops back to the Lakers. Yeah. Palinka's done an awful job with that roster. They still need him. Yeah. Like they still like if there's a team left that needs Kyrie Irving, it's the Lakers. And it would be a clown show, but it'd be all like it would be it would be showtime. Maybe the wrong kind of showtime, <laughs> not the one the seventies Lakers envisioned, but it'd be showtime in LA again. Uh, it might be the only team that takes them. Yeah, it's basically it for the NBA. Um, as we head into the NFL, obviously there's a ton going on. Goose, let's start in the NFL. Let's start here, right in East Rutherford. There's a quarterback change for the New York Jets. What's going on here? Yeah, Zach Wilson has just played, you know, about as good as you can, uh, or about as poor as you could expect. Uh, from a Jets quarterback, I remember years ago when we used to just make the jokes about the Jets. Year in, year out, you felt bad for the Jet fans you had in your life. We all have them. Um, because it's it just every quarterback they walked through the door was going to be a failure. Zach Wilson looked like he was going to change. You know, he's got the moxie. He's, you know, he's hooking up with his mom's friends. Like, he is Looks he's this gun-ho guy. Like, somebody called him the Mormon Mahomes. Uh, coming out of college, he made that sick pro day throw, which I hate pro days so much. Throw was sick, though. It was sick, but I hate pro days. Um, the problem is that pro day throw is his best throw still. And he's 20 games into his career now. 
Uh, he had a poor performance in New England, which again isn't over new. Poor is underselling. Or it's underselling. It's, it was dismal. It was really bad. There you go. Get some SAT words in there, Joe. On, <laughs> but uh, you know, again, it's not overly surprising that young quarterbacks have a problem in Foxborough. It happens. It's happened to probably sixty rookie, you know, young quarterbacks at this point. Uh, but Joe Lani had a chance after the game. They asked him, "Do you feel like you let your defense down?" And he said, "No." Now in New York, that doesn't really work. Um, first of all, if as the quarterback. You know, when you win, it's we won, we did a great job. And when you lose, it's I need to play better. And Zach Wilson needs to know that. And also, dude, you didn't let your defense down. Really? You had more punts than completions. You averaged 2.77 inches per play in the second half. You gained two total yards the entire second half. There was a stat. It was like the last 10 years. There's been six teams that have accumulated 105 total yards or less in a game. The Jets have four of them. The Jets have four of them. That is putrid. That is disgusting. Zach Wilson, he's being handed the keys to this franchise. And, you know, Malt, we see it. Like, that defense is legit, man. Yes. That defense has some dudes over there. It starts with Sauce Gardner, who's been unbelievable this year. That defense is ready to go. That defense is ready to go shock somebody on, you know, wild card or divisional weekend. Like, that defense travels and will be a problem. But if you can't get out of the quarter, like, if you can't get good quarterback play or even average quarterback play, you're going to struggle. And these teams got weapons. Well, what is your thoughts on the Zach Wilson situation? Is he somebody you would have supported in this thing, kept him out there, or do you like his benching? He's got to be benched. I mean, that I saw a quote today that he gotta said... Be. He didn't know what he was saying until later on when his dad called, uh, texted him about it. What does that mean? They asked you if you let your defense down, you look someone dead in the eye, straight face, and said no. Like, twice. Yeah. Twice. It, that was the easiest. Like, I, I was watching it. was like, I don't care if you lose 50 to 49. You get asked, did you let anyone down after a loss? It's just yes. doesn't matter who it was. doesn't ask if the Pope you let down. Yes. Like, that's what it is. You say, yep, I let him down. All right, you worry about what it was in the locker room, but let, then you lose a game 10-3 on a punt return. You scored three points. Yeah, it was bad. And the w- one part is funny to think about it. You have this is the difference between like a bad quarterback and a slightly bad quarterback. Like Mark Sanchez was not good. They went to two AFC Championship games because they had a very good defense, and he did enough. Same thing with like the Tim Tebow and the Broncos that one year. He did enough. Zach Wilson is holding back the team. You see, like the one, not even the dropped pick, the Conklin over the middle. That pass is terrible. The one screen pass to. Uh, What's his face? Berrios. Berrios. Mm-hmm. He throws that ball. Berrios could have been standing on his own shoulders and he wouldn't have caught that ball. And it was a, a 10-yard, not even, no, no, not a distance upward. It was out to his left. It sailed it. It was like, dude, I, I could have made that throw. I could have went out there that day and made that completion. So how do you do that? How are you an NFL quarterback doing that in a must-win game? It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, uh, the NFL, like some of the NFL guys were talking about it. Orlovsky was talking about it on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, first of all, like lose the gum at the yeah. press conference. <laughs> they were like, second, dude, go take a shower. Yeah. Like, like because we all like if we if we all like set our emotions in a press conference immediately after a game, we'd all be in trouble. Yeah. Like, we we yeah. would all either be suspended in school mm-hmm. or you know we'd have to run extra sprints at practice. You know. Like, go, go take a shower. Go decompress and then come back. And he's just got that smug look about him. Yeah. And, again, like, I was saying this to somebody this week. Like, being a punk doesn't, like, it doesn't make you a bad quarterback. But in New York, if you're a punk and you're not playing well, 
it's not going to bode well. Yeah, like, this market does it, not yeah. give you the leeway that other markets do. Like, you know, a market like Tennessee. Sorry, Tennessee. Not yeah. picking on you. It's a nice place from what I hear. I would like to go visit one day. But, you know, the scrutiny that Ryan Tannehill gets put on by Titans fans isn't nearly what, you know, yeah. Zach Wilson faces week in, week out. And I'm not saying Tannehill's been as bad as Zach Wilson, but he hasn't been good. No. I mean, you know. So, yeah, Zach will. He, you have to take accountability in that situation. And I was listening to the fan this week, and they said, they said, listen, Sam Darnold saw a ghost. But Sam Darnold would have sat up in that press conference and did said it was my fault. Like, hey, like this one's on me, or I didn't play well enough, and we'll get this fixed. Zach Wilson, the fact that he couldn't do that is, uh, I didn't realize what I said until my dad texted me. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. But he is benched. Mike White will start. But if you, like, where do you go from here? Like, if you're the Jets, like this, the the only thing I keep hearing is, I don't want another rookie. Go get me a veteran. How many veterans are actually on the market? Jim, we know Jimmy G is going to be on the market. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to lick a Matt Ryan. But that's, the Colts, no, if they yeah. bring Matt Ryan into no. But I think the Colts are proving that veteran mentality isn't as easy as it sounds. Right. Colts, is this their third year of getting a veteran QB? And they just keep getting worse. Right. Yeah. Who are they going to trade for? Lined. I mean, is it... I mean, Wentz will probably be a free agent again. I can't oh, imagine. I don't God. know his contract was. I can't imagine the commanders are keeping him. Heineke's doing a good enough that would job. Be awesome. Carson Wentz is the New York Jets starting quarterback. So from Zach Wilson to Mike White, do you guys believe that Mike White's the guy to lead this Jets team to the promised land, to the fringe of playoffs? <laughs> he can't be playoffs. worse than two yards in the second half. He can't be. I agree. You'd be I surprised agree in the NFL. He threw four picks in his career before. So he'll be negative. So did Nathan <laughs> Peterman, and then started the next week. Like, yeah, but I mean, he'll be. Where's Nathan Peterman now? Selling uh, insurance for State Farm. Probably. Yeah, but he can only be two yards worse. Yeah. Right. Unless they go negative, but <laughs> I mean, they scored three points. And he had two yards in the second half. Here's the thing. If you're a Jet fan right now, you're asking yourself. But if Mike White's bad, you're in QB hell. You go from territory to hell. hell. You can always put put Zach Wilson back out there. Yeah. And the question you got to ask yourself if you're a Jet fan is, imagine if we had Geno Smith right now. (laughs) Who is doing exactly. Don't do that to them. Don't do that to them. Don't do it. No, they might break his jaw again. (laughs) But what is Geno Smith doing? He's playing within the system, and he's not turning the football over. It's a shock that that is just how that works sometimes on certain teams. Like, you don't – not every team needs a Mahomes. Not every team needs Josh Allen, you know, and he's obviously made some mistakes these last few weeks. Yeah. Sometimes the guys around you are good enough. You just turn the, turn around, hand the football off, and you just make the easy plays. you got to make five to six good to great throws. I always say this, five to six good to great throws. And that's it. You'll be fine. And the Jets look the like they're, they're a good enough football team to be that. Their yeah. defense – you said their defense – is legit. That front four is fast. It gets around places. Yep. You just can't have two yards and punt every single possession. And their defense still held up. Their defense didn't give up a single touchdown all game, and they lost. They were talking on the fan if uh, if uh, Bray, what's his name? Is it Braden Man, their punter, that's going to get scapegoated and cut at yeah. some point at some point here uh, for not being great? Listen, man, if I was punting twenty times in two weeks, I'd be pretty upset too. <laughs> there was a there was a John. I don't know if you saw this. I think I sent it to our group chat in in how the Jets fumbled the bag when they drafted Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm just gonna read you the top 14 picks that year. Zach Wilson being number two, so you already know that one. Number one was Trevor Lawrence, which they should have had if they didn't win the last week of the season. Yep, there All you right. go. You you read them off. I'll tell you if they're a star, gonna be a star or a bust. Trey Lance hurt, hurt. So we don't know yet. Kyle Pitts, he's gonna be a star. Jamar Chase, 
Already a star. Jalen Waddle. Already a star. Penny Sewell. Already a star. JC Horn. Already a star. My Patrick healthy. Sertain the second. Already a star. Top three. De- Devontae Smith. Yeah. Justin Fields. Yeah, gonna be. A potential guy that's gonna be a lot of people are talking about could be a top five defensive player of all time. Micah Parsons. Oh yeah. Rayshon Slater. Great. And Elijah Vera Tucker to the Jets. Which is also a good pick on their part, I will it was say. A great pick. Yeah, I like MVP. Pick. Listen, Chokes Leatherwood's later on in that too, if you want to say that. Oh <laughs> uh, well, look, we, we traded down to get what Kadarius Tony here. Yeah. So yep. who are we talking and we about? Pa- we passed on Micah Parsons because he had a hazing incident at Penn State. <laughs> and if they're not crystal clear and Shaw in a t- suit and tie, John, John Mara won't even no speak part. to them. But that's a different discussion. Yeah, just a crazy, crazy pick. All those guys kind of coming into their own right now. Yeah. Which is, and the tough part is know. the Jets needed to take a quarterback, yep. but that's what cripples the franchise. And I could say that as a Raider fan because I've witnessed it. Like I said, Leatherwood's taken a little bit later in that draft. Uh, but you need a quarterback, so you have to take one. But then seven guys around that pick look like they're all going to be – I mean, they'll all be better than Zach Wilson, it looks like, yeah. guaranteed. But a couple of those dudes might be like – Real, real good. Like I don't want to say Hall of Famer already, but like well, Jamar Chase, Jamar pacing. looks real good. Sewell yeah. looks good. Sertan looks really, really good. Like these guys look legit, legit, and that's what cripples your franchise. It sets you back five years. And Trevor Lawrence, barring the Urban Meyer thing, he's kind of looked yeah. at as. This but imagine they had Sauce year, and so. Sertan in that secondary right now. Don't, don't <laughs> do that. To them. Yeah. Don't do that, dude. But that was the draft that bothered me because Fields was the second quarterback with Lawrence the entire season that year, yeah. and then they got to the combine and I, pro day I don't got know, him. What throw at pro day throw. Great. Great. It was on my uh, Twitter Pro timeline day. today. For some reason, it got like I guess retweeted after mm-hmm. it. I watched it again today. Still went. Wow, that's a nice throw. Yeah. <laughs> that's a he nice got, throw. Fields got bumped by Wilson and Trey Lance. The problem in too in the NFL is every time you draft a quarterback year one, you and they're bad. You expect them to make the Josh Allen, uh, Josh yeah. Allen leap. The problem is the Josh Allen leap is a quantum leap that not everyone can make. So now if they're the bad show. year one. They try to throw him out year two. They're still bad year two. Uh, just wait, the Josh Allen. It's well, coming. Listen, it's I not going to happen. I think we just, we just give him his eligibility back, let him go back to BYU, and go have some fun. <laughs> like, I, like seriously, like, I, it just, he's not built for New York, and it just doesn't seem that way. And, yeah, like, I, like how, it, it was funny, too, because somebody was saying, oh, you know, they were listing out the scenarios for the Jets. You know, you bench him, you potentially lose him forever. And then one of the first comments was, if by benching him you lose him forever, he was never supposed to be the guy from, the, exactly. from jump. Like, you have to be able to handle adversity. It happens. There's been other quarterbacks in league history that have, you know, kind of gotten a reset uh, and, and done very their few, job. Though. Very few, Very few. The few, the proud, the Marines. Uh, that's not an official sponsorship of the podcast, <laughs> but maybe it should be. Um, but, I'm no. I'm not going to war for them. <laughs> no, but Joe, I like... You know, if Zach Wilson's the guy, he'll come back from this. And, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So from one East Rutherford team to the other, oh, you told me to pencil in here Giants block. Elaborate here. What is Giants block? Yeah, I mean, listen, Jolan, I'm here to tell you the Giants, they may not win another game the entire season. Um, they came off a very, very disappointing performance against Detroit. Uh, they looked good for the first quarter and a half. And then Aiden Hutchinson made a great play. By the way, Aiden Hutchinson's been the best pass rusher. Uh, in the draft, I know not Trayvon Walker. The no. Jags whiffed. I don't. I don't know if they've whiffed Joel on his, like his pressures and stuff, and how he's impacted the game has been fine. But Hutchinson's made much more game-changing plays and and has gotten the sacks and stuff. And by God, before you tell me that Thibodeau is the most held player in the league, like stop. Like I, I'm, I, I'm tired of hearing. First of all, the offensive line never holds. We never hold. It's <laughs> common rule among football that the offensive line never holds. So that narrative can go away. But 
Uh, Hutchinson makes that pick, and Jolan, you just see it. The the lack of a game changer on this roster, nobody could stop the bleeding. There's nobody that could come up with a big play. And again, I hate to do this. I hate to throw salt in the wound, but it just shows you. Your best player, Saquon Barkley, at the running back position, got neutralized. He did. He can't be that guy that makes that, you know, the blood stop. You know, he can't stop the, the gashing wound. You know, it's got to be a receiver. It's got to be a target. And I would say, Jolan, this is why the Giants need to give Odell Beckham whatever he wants. Because while Odell Beckham is not 2014 Odell Beckham Jr. in his rookie year when he was ridiculous uh, in the couple years after, he's still a guy that on third down, I'm going to throw a football to. Because I think, you know, nine times out of ten, he's going to go up and get it. So this giant team really needs to kind of get back together here. And, and they got to find a way. they got a really brutal schedule. they got Dallas on Thanksgiving, two games against Washington, Minnesota, Indianapolis, and two games against Philly. It's a brutal schedule, John. I said they got to get to nine and they'll be in. We'll see, man. It's going to be a grind. So from the Giants to the Raiders, Molt, you're in house. Raiders, three and seven. Coming off a win. You're smiling. Everyone's happy. What do you think about this team? Is McDaniels the guy? Is Carr here to stay? Is the Adams trade worth it? Uh, Adams trade worth it. Yes, he has the most touchdowns in the NFL for wide receivers. I believe Jamal Williams, after his three touchdowns against your Giants, is leading the league with 12. I want to. I could be that. making those numbers up. No, I think 12, is, no, 12 is correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But Devontae has the most touchdowns for wide receivers. Derek Carr has looked a lot better the last three weeks. Um, where else? Josh McDaniel. Josh McDaniel. Uh, I'm not a huge Josh McDaniel guy so far. Jerry's still out. We've we've blown three 17 point leads uh, to the Jaguars, the Cardinals, and the Chiefs. The Chief one happens. In fairness, to get a 17 point lead is impressive itself. And then it's more impressive to blow it. And like I said, the Chief one's cool because not cool, but we went up 17 nothing against the Chiefs, or I think we we're up 20 nothing against the Chiefs. And I looked at my dad and I was like, this game's far from over, which it was. And we played that down to the last last drive. Good game. But the Cardinals look really really bad this year. We blew a 20 point lead to them. And the Jaguars the are still half the Jaguars. Cardinals and Kyler Murray that game that was spectacular. Because we're bad, we're bad, Joel. Not because they were spe- <laughs> we were bad. That one play he ran around for like Fair. 15 seconds and then ran it himself. That was yeah. a Madden play. That was a Madden play. Covered 83 yards. Yeah. yeah, and then we blew a 17 point lead to the Jaguars. Who Jaguars who are also still the Jaguars. It's not like we're blowing to the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Bills. Where it's like whatever. Two of those teams were bad. Those two games that swing were five and five right now. We beat the Colts. We're six and four. So, um, but another year we're not getting rid of their car. You can't because then you're getting rid of Devontae Adams too, and we could we're save not. thirty million before June first. Well, you're saving more because you're getting rid of Devontae Adams. So you're probably saving like a ton of money. You're probably saving like fifty million dollars. Uh, but we're not rebuilding. We can't because Chandler Jones is still there. We owe that guy sixteen million dollars next year. Goose, I've never seen you play D end. You can play it better than he does. He oh, looks baby. Fire me so up. slow, so old. If you didn't know who Chandler Jones was, you'd watch this guy. Be like, why is this guy on the football field? He has half a sack this year. Half a sack. Max Crosby has nine. Granted, Chandler Jones has an impressive career, but you're right. He has a very back, impressive career. I didn't sign him it. for his career. I don't get his career. I get him right now at 33 or whatever the heck he is, and he stinks. By the way, we're going to go run hoops in the parking lot to test whether I can play yeah. DM. You can play better than him. Dude, Literally. Matt, he had his guaranteed seconds. Matt Ryan two weeks ago, last week, two weeks ago now. Matt Ryan stepped up and ducked underneath him. Yeah, he's a statue. Matt's, Matt Ryan's a statue, too. And he ducked point. a sack mm-hmm. on him. How does that happen? Again, I think you could go sack Matt Ryan right now. Probably. Matt Ryan has, like, three kids and doesn't curse. All right? We can <laughs> whoa, tackle whoa, him. Whoa, whoa, we can whoa. tackle him in the backfield. Are you telling me Matt Ryan's a saint? Yes. No, that's what I'm telling you. A 45-year-old saint. 
and he dumped Chandler Jones. I didn't realize we started making fun of good people on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear Joe out before the podcast sad. starts. Dang, flab it. But I will say, ten, 10 and 7 makes his playoffs. Uh, it'd be a hell of a run. Uh, we'd have to beat the Chiefs and the Chargers. 10 and 7 makes the playoffs. I'm still, I'm back in. I'm back in. I was out after the Colt game. I'm back in. And uh, if we win, let's put Joe on. Look at me. If we win seven straight, really eight, because we just won that. We win eight straight, make the playoffs. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. If we make the playoffs, if we make the playoffs on an eight-game winning streak, we're winning the Super Bowl. Joe gets a Raiders because of how yes. fast-paced your offense can be when it's running on like full oil, which it hasn't yet all year because we're Josh McDaniels calls. Dude, you know what I don't get either. Yeah, if you get Jake going, than, Adams going. Yes, other than that touchdown, the game-winning touchdown, Devontae Adams, where he was wide he open. Was wide open. That was the Holy first play all season where we have a guy wide open. I watch our defense and all these other games on red zone stuff. There's every game, there's multiple plays where dudes are like, how is he wide open? Scheme like, guys wide yeah. open. Like Travis Kelsey, every every game there's like five different plays. You're like, how is this dude wide open? Cooper Cup, you're like, how is this dude wide open? We don't have those plays. We never have those plays. That's fair. We finally got one, and when he threw it up, I was like, oh, nice. Like, it was cool to me, like, we were scoring a touchdown before the ball was caught. It was fun having that reaction. <laughs> it's too bad we were 2-7, and seven, so I didn't even stand up after. I wasn't excited, Jolan. <laughs> but I'm back in. Ten wins makes the playoffs. We're winning the Super Bowl. Is that what you wanted? Is this what they actually you wanted? I do. I do. I'm fired up right now. I am fired up. Let's go Raiders. And we played Geno Smith and the Seahawks this week. And Geno Smith's going to throw over 400 yards in this bad defense. And I'm going to want to be really upset at myself. Coming back next week. No, I'm not. not. If we lose to Geno Smith, I'm never coming back on this podcast again. Let's stick in week 12. Let's stick in the NFL. Let's get to what we want to do. The picks, Thanksgiving games. So let's start. 12.30 tomorrow. Before you eat your turkey, the Buffalo Bills head to Detroit. Maybe. Rather, stay in Detroit to take on the Lions. The Bills are nine and a half favorites. Goose, let's go with you. First game of Thanksgiving, Bills nine and a half. Yeah, this is Mo. You remember this. This was, um, you used to have in practice sometimes, you get the Farsi versus the JV guys. Yeah. yeah. You get mixed the freshmen. Hey, don't you disrespect this high-powered offense. I will 100% disrespect this high-powered offense. Bad. Although they are indoors, so I will say they are a little bit more dangerous. Um, they did prove everybody wrong last week. I mean, they thought, you know, generally those teams that play indoors sky, score high numbers. When they go outdoors, they hate life. Jared Goff hates life. Um, but the last time he was at MetLife, he kind of owned the Giants too. So, um, listen, I'll I'll pick Detroit to cover. I'm okay with that. Uh, but I don't think I'm going to pick Detroit to win the game. I'll take the Bills. No money line Detroit. Molt, let's go to you. Bills, nine and a half favorites in Detroit. Uh, I'm taking I'm taking the Bills, nine and a half. They haven't looked good now in two weeks, really. Because, I mean, last week was a good comeback winning against the Browns. But they should have blown them out. And they lost to the Jets two weeks ago, correct? Uh, yes, no, they lost to Minnesota Lost to Minnesota ago. on the and fumble then, at Josh Allen in the, the end week zone. before, lost yeah, the Jets. They owe someone a shellacking. But I'm taking the over, whatever it is. 54 and a half. I'm, give me it. Yeah. Would have taken it at 64 and a half. We move forward to the <clears throat> the Odell Beckham Jr. Bowl. The New York Giants take on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys are 10-point favorites? 10-point <clears throat> favorites, excuse me. My lord. Ten point favorites against the Giants. Dallas is home. Goose, let's start with you. It's it's kind of shocking. That Ten it's points. Even, it's even that low to be completely honest. With the way both teams looked last week, I mean Dallas looked like they should win the Super Bowl like, against Minnesota. I mean, again, I think we could all say that Minnesota probably isn't as good as their uh, eight and one record had showed uh, leading into that game. But I mean, Dallas put a whoop it on them, and uh, it's good to see that all the money they saved by trading Amari Cooper, they just dumped into uh, advertisements for Odell Beckham Jr. They're everywhere. <laughs> 
I mean, they, they are on, like, we're, we're here on this podcast, but this is not a national podcast. This is <laughs> Nobody like, wants this to is like, me team. We don't have four million listeners. Like, the Cowboys are on, like, national television, like, proclaiming, like, we need you, bro. Like, we need you. No, you don't. You're going to give them, like, three targets a game, and that's going to be it. The, you come to New York, you're going to get 15 targets a game at bare minimum, probably four touchdowns. If it's not Saquon, he's going to lateral it to you. So... Uh, yeah, the Odell Beckham Jr. Bowl. Joan, I'm not a big fan of moral victories in life or in the game of football, uh, especially in the NFL. I think, you know, when you're a peewee football player, you take more moral victories. If the Giants keep this within a touchdown, it's a moral victory. I mean, they, they, they are missing four of their top offensive linemen. Uh, Andrew Thomas, the rock, is still there. I mean, he's been, he's the, captain he's still been, out. He's been uh, graded the best left tackle in football. He's been great. Yeah, the captain's still out because he broke his hand on an ATV. Um, and they're missing Adoree Jackson's hurt now. Uh, you're missing Fabian Moreau's out. So you got McLeod, you got Flott, you got Pinnock. You got, like, I, these are names I didn't, I didn't even know they existed until last week. Belton will be in there. Um, and who's guarding CeeDee Lamb? I don't know. Who's guarding Tony Pollard? I don't know. Uh, so don't ask me those questions. But anything other than that? Giants keep it within a touchdown, man. It's a moral victory. Um, but let's see what this Dable staff has got, right? Because we just talked about they're going to go into the heat of the schedule where they play Washington, then they play Philly, and then they play Washington. So it, it don't get much more difficult than that. Um, just the way those teams have played all year, and Heineke's been a pain in everybody's side. So I, I like the Cowboys to win this one, Joe. I just... Nah, I'll take the Giants. I can't pick the Cowboys. Come on, now. not not even Giants on my own podcast. Line. Give me give me the Giants in a in what'll be hmm. a slacking twenty eight no. zero. We're coming out. No, I, through how one. do I want to do this? I'll take a Graham Gano banked field goal in at the end where it hits the c- crossbar. Everybody in Texas thinks they won. They know nothing, and it actually goes through the uprights, and the Giants win, and it's the biggest win in 10 years. New York Giants, 10-point dogs in Arlington slash Dallas, Texas. Who do you got? Uh, I'm not a huge gambler. Yes, I am, but um, <laughs> 10 points for in-division is a ton. You should always take the points if it's in-division, and it's on national television. That's a game you get up for. Uh, Goose just listed the entire roster. Roster is not playing this Thursday. <laughs> it's a short week after getting shellacked by the Lions. I will take the Cowboys covering the ten points. I'm sorry, fellas. I, I am on the roster for this week. The only the only saving grace, I just quit real quick, Joel's. The only saving grace is that if you go back in the history of the Dallas Cowboys the last ten years, they play like a JV team on on uh, Thanksgiving. Yes, they they have had some spectacular performances against them. Uh, so we'll see. They got to get Saquon Barkley going. He's got to be. He can't go for 19 yards again. Giants have no shot if he does that. Thursday primetime, New England Patriots take on the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota Vikings are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Molt, let's start with you this time. Who do you got? This game is going to be so disgusting. <laughs> it's like if there's a time, a game to sleep through, it's going to be this game. I you saw will a stat. be after dinner, right? Yeah. <laughs> I saw a stat. sleep by 820. The Vikings right are 8-2, are and two and they have a negative point differential. Yep. It's like the what? first, yes. That's yeah. a fact? Yeah. Yes. I'm looking the, it up. I, I'm not lying. They've won like every game. Yeah, every mm-hmm. game they've like come back and won by less than a touchdown, <laughs> and they get blown out in their two losses. But uh, the Patriots defense is you know, back on its BS. It's it's covering everyone. It's taking <laughs> yeah. away points. Uh, I, I, I like the Patriots in this game, but it's going to be it, 
If someone wins, it's going to be 16-13. No, it's a Kirk Cousin primetime game also. He oh, never is going to primetime. There's nothing good about this game. It's going to be 16-13 on like 12 field goals total. Check Patriots. my math on that. And uh, I'll take the Patriots. <laughs> Patriots plus two and a half. Goose. Yeah, what a, what a, like, I knew it was a brutal game uh, to pick, and then Molt just went and I'm buried like, all the stats about primetime Kirk Cousins. We got to remember the Patriots defense and the Patriots coaching staff is going to be very, like, kind of a little off kilter. They're going to have nightmares. This is where the Philly special got ran on a touchdown where they lost the Super Bowl <laughs> uh, to the Eagles. So uh, they're a little worried about that. Belichick doesn't remember I, that. I like Minnesota in this game because if there's anything that I liked from last week, it was Dalvin Cook still averaged six yards a carry, and they just got so far behind that they couldn't keep running Dalvin Cook. Mm-hmm. I don't think this Patriots offense is good enough to run away and hide. Uh, so I think you know, you're know you going to see a lot of Dalvin Cook from Minnesota. Lean on that, and that opens up guys like Jefferson and Thielen and hopefully TJ Hawkinson uh, for fantasy purposes. It kind of gets them, kind of gets them rolling. I like Minnesota in this one. I'll take them at home. We move on to the Sunday one o'clock window. No games overseas, so nothing in the morning over here. Nice. The Baltimore Ravens take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Baltimore Ravens is the away favorite by four points. Goose, we'll start with you. Baltimore Jags. Yeah, I'm going up. Uh, this is in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville. Yeah, I'm right. going upset of the week. I'll take Jacksonville in this one. Boom. Um, I, I don't know why, but uh, Trevor Lawrence. I'll take. I like Travis Etienne. He's my fantasy back. He's been playing really, really well. Christian Kirk has looked really, really good. Not still not worth the money they gave him, I but he's Jags well. coming off a buy as well. Jags coming off a buy, and we'll see. They to me, that's always the measure of teams, really. Um, and I think maybe just quick note here: that's why you get so pissed off at a guy like Zach Wilson and that and that offensive staff. You came off a buy too. Yes, like true. to to have that performance is is absurd. But that's a different topic. Uh, Jags coming off a buy. I don't know Doug Peterson's record off a of bye, but I hope it's pretty good. And uh, I'll take the Jags as my upset of the week down there. Maybe it'll be a little extra humid, on harder for uh, Baltimore to breathe down there. Molt, who you got? Baltimore in Jacksonville, um, four-point difference. Yeah, I'll take the Ravens. I think they start their playoff run here. I like the Ravens a lot. I think it's a pretty good team. Lamar has been a little, little suspect the last couple weeks, and he still is playing for that contract, so I think he's going to turn it on here. Uh, I like the upset of the week pick, though. It's not, it's not the opportunity, but I like the Ravens. They're the Ravens ridiculous. 150 rush yards every game for, like, the last nine Led games. Led for yeah. a bunch it's of time ridiculous. on clock. Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's, it has been crazy. We move forward to the Denver Broncos taking on the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Denver recently cut Melvin Gordon, gave Latavius Murray the keys to the city. Broncos have a 2.5 favorite as the away team. Who do you got, Mo? Denver not. at Carolina. <laughs> the Broncos are so bad. They have to pay Russell Wilson the next. Se- I think it's every time I'm on here. The next seven years, two hundred fifty million dollars. Give him a clipboard, call him the coach. They yeah. said if they if they just scored eighteen points every game, they'd be nine and one. Yep. Eighteen points. I'm giving the Panthers. I don't care. It doesn't matter. The Broncos. Uh, all right. Sam Again, Donald, it doesn't Sam matter. Donald is starting. Final score of this game is six three nine six. Like it's it's all field goals once again. The Broncos defense is so good. Russell Wilson is that bad. I've watched the Raiders are one in seven against the entire NFL, two and zero against the Broncos. That's how bad he is. He is bad. So Denver's terrible. Goose, who do you got? They, Denver yeah, at Carolina. They may have to Bobby Bonilla, Russell Wilson. I think. Like we're starting to get to that territory. A million and, every uh, year for the rest of your life. Here you yeah, go. Broncos country. I cry. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I there's no I can't pick Denver in this game. Like, I don't know. Uh, just give me Carolina, please, and the points. But the under. Did you guys see that thing on Twitter about Russell Wilson having more bathrooms than touchdowns thrown this season yes. in his house? Oh he's goodness. got 12 bathrooms in his house and seven touchdown passes. <laughs> How crazy. That's a lot of bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, he lives in a mansion. Bathrooms. 
But he's got paid. He's getting paid two hundred fifty million dollars next seven <laughs> years, Joel. And you know, big house too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of it's guaranteed, and he's that bad. He goes, yeah. From Carolina to Washington, we go. The Atlanta Falcons travel to Washington to play the Commanders. Commanders are four-point home favorites. Goose, we'll start with you. Who do you got? Uh, Please read the matchup one more time and the the spread. Washington. Yep. Taking on the Falcons. Yep. Spreads four. Washington is the home favorite. Yeah, Heineke Car Care. um, That's an official sponsor of a bowl game, I believe. Um, I'm going to... I have to pick Atlanta. I keep like Washington can't keep winning. Uh, at least if the Giants are going to lose, Washington needs to lose because they're really the only threat um, yeah. from the wild card race. I think if you do the math out, um, they're really it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Niners. I, yeah, but if the Niners get in, like if Washington falters, it'll just be the Niners, the Giants, and the Cowboys. Like all, like those three will get in. Uh, but if Washington keeps winning, then it becomes the Giants, Washington, and Either San Fran or Seattle for two spots. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'll take Atlanta because I can't root for Washington. And uh, you know, again, my Marcus Mariota. We talked fantasy wise; he's looked pretty good. Um, and this team's shown a lot of fight. Cor- uh, shout out Cordero Patterson. Uh, last week, his ninth career kickoff return for a touchdown. That is the most in NFL history. Uh, Devin Hester still holds the most combined returns for touchdowns and did it in the Super Bowl, which was pretty cool too. Uh, still waiting on him for get the, to get the call into the Hall of Fame, uh, so we're you know hopefully that's not too far off. I think we can all agree he should be in, but uh, give me give me Atlanta in this one. Well, who do you got? Atlanta at Commanders. I think this will be the game of the week. Just like I think it'll be close. Give me Atlanta plus four and a half. Don't know if they win, but I think it's closer than four and a half. Young Hoku, baby. We move forward. Jersey Tom Brady Ridgewood. and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traveling up north to go to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Bucks are three and a half point road favorites. Molt, we'll start with you. Who do you like? Uh, give me the Browns. Whoa. Plus three and a half at home. Another low-scoring game. I think every time I come on the pod, I'm just going to take all the <laughs> unders. It's going to be another field goal battle. Right, and, 15 uh, degrees. It's Brissett's last game before his job gets, not his job, but his, he becomes the backup. Goes out with a bang, wins one. Wins a Brissett's big one. done a good job. I think he has a spot in the NFL for a couple more years as a backup, no doubt. Goose, who do you like here? Uh, I like Tom coming off a break. Uh, a break, I should say. Uh, coming off a bye, I'll take uh, uh, a break. Coming yeah. off a break, yeah. He's also coming off a break. break. Yeah, break up. Coming um, off, yeah, break up, and he lost all his money in FTX and Sam Bankman Free. That yeah, I will. Uh, I'll take Tampa in this game. Uh, I think the Browns organization is kind of tanking this game because they believe that their savior is coming back in two weeks. Uh, we all disagree with that, obviously, but uh, I think they believe that. So. Uh, they're gearing up for two weeks from right now, and uh, listen, if Nick Chubb could just go for 140 and two tuds, like I'm okay, uh, and then Tampa can win by 45, like I don't care, but I'll take uh, I'll take Tampa Bay in this game. You know why not? I I was very impressed with their win. Uh, they obviously had to come back over the Rams, which the Rams haven't been great this year, uh, but then I thought the Germany win was good for them. I thought it was, you know, going into the bye, kind of get two games there. You win this one, you get three. Great crowd. Uh, what's, what's the quote from Major League? That's called a winning streak. It has mm-hmm. happened before. Um, and, you know, you get a veteran-led team coming off their bye, headed in the last few weeks of the season. Anything can happen at that point. So, I'll take Tampa Bay in this one. Leonard Fournette a bit shaken up. We'll see if he plays as time develops. The bye helped we, him, too. We do not even know. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Tennessee to take on the Titans. The Bengals might be without Joe Mixon, barring concussion protocol, but they get back Jamar Chase. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Red Hot Titans. Goose, we'll start with you. Who do you like? Wait, there's a concussion protocol? 
Oh, yeah. Thing. They implemented that after Tua Tagovailoa clenched up and almost went stiff. Oh, that's right. So instead of just making them smell the smelling salts, they actually ask them to count to 10 and um, then let them go back in the game. But nonetheless, this is a tough game to pick, Joel, on because this Cincinnati, the, this offense, I was very impressed. They went into Pittsburgh last week. They hung 37 on them. It's, it, it, and they're getting Jamar Chase back. Uh, it's a great offense. you got this Tennessee team, and Mike Vrabel, dude, is just... Dogs. He's just a dog. Mike Vrabel himself is a dog. Like, I would love to play for a guy like Mike Vrabel. Probably, I'd run through a brick wall for that guy. Um, I'd lift a car for that guy, whatever he needs. Um, this is a tough game. I'll take Tennessee at home. Derek, Derek Henry just kind of gets going, like it. going just a hair bit too much. Uh, but I do like Trey Hendrickson, defensive lineman for the Bengals, plays with no gloves on. Uh, much like in baseball, if you wear no gloves, you're kind of like one of my favorite players. Big so. trash talk right here. It's great. It's even better. <laughs> like Now he shoots up the list even higher. But I'll take Tennessee in this one. Uh, Derrick Henry, not fun to play against when it gets cold outside. Well, let's go to you. Cincinnati in Tennessee, two-and-a-half-point favorites. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm also in the Tennessee bandwagon here. I think, uh, like you said, Derrick Henry gets rolling again. I think that Bengals defense is a little soft. And I think the Titans defense is good enough that the Bengals O-line is so bad that they will do enough to keep this within a running game. They just can't get out of, out of the zone like the Giants past week. They can't go down 14-17 where they can't just keep running it. They can keep it close, run the football, I think they win. A Southern versus Eastern matchups takes us to Miami as the Houston Texans take on the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are huge home favorites of 13 and a half. Goose, <laughs> who do you got? That's see, a large number. See, you would have thought Zach Wilson's benching would be the saddest news for second-year quarterbacks. And in reality, the saddest news for second-year quarterbacks was that Davis Mills is benched for this game. Correct. Uh, in favor of Kyle Allen, which I think should raise the spread even more. Um, I'll take Miami in this game. I know this is going to be the type of game where it's like, oh, everybody's counting Houston out, saying they, they can't keep it close. But it's for, like, good reason. Like, it, there's, there's not, like, no merit behind it. Um, I'll, t- I'll take Miami. Miami just came off a bye, didn't they? I think they are. Off. They are, yes. Yeah, yeah bad, time, bad time for Houston. So, uh, as long as Miami, Miami can stop the run game of Houston and Damian Pierce, who's been, you know, impressive. We saw him a couple weeks ago, Joel, on against the Giants. Uh, but if they can stop him, give me give me the Dolphins all day. Every day. Moult, we're in Miami. Who do you got? Houston Boys, Texans. off a bye, and you know you're playing the 1-8 Texans. If there's a trap game, this <laughs> oh, is man. the trap game, oh, boys. 13-and-a-half is a lot of points. Buy a point, make it 14-and-a-half, give me the Texans. <laughs> to Boom. cover, not to win, to cover the spread. <laughs> that is a trap. If there, you were a Google trap game, this is the one right here. I like that. Buy a point, cover. I like the two touchdowns. I do a lot. We move forward. Right they back home, actually. 35 nothing. just so that's on paper. <laughs> the Chicago Bears travel to New York to take on the Jets. The Chicago Bears might be without Justin Fields because he has dislocated his non-throwing shoulder. Ouch. Trevor Simeon would be in place to replace him. So we're in New York. Jets are favored by six against the Bears with Trevor Simeon, we believe. Who do you got, uh, Goose? By six? By six. A full touchdown. That is ridiculous. The, the Jets White, should be... Mike, Mike White, obviously, is starting for the Jets. We already have discussed this. The, the Jets should get the three points because they're at home, and that's about it. I, I, I don't know how you have any confidence in this Jet team outside of that. Um, Jet life. They're and, home. And I'm sure... Great. Wonderful. So Fireman Ed could come out for, you know, now that they're His actually, second stint after retirement. Now that they're decent, he can come back instead of sitting through all the losing seasons. Sorry. Uh, we're off topic, but... Um, I think Chicago's medical staff is going to be doing everything they can to tape fields together. I mean, if he doesn't play, I, I, I you know, the Jets, I think the Jets will cover, but not by much. I mean, 
maybe a backdoor cover at the end of the game, like a when they're throwing laterals and stuff. Maybe the Jets scoop one up for a touchdown and cover that way. Um, but this game is going to be ugly, man. It is not going to be a pretty football game. Sure, it's going to be uh, it's going to be mid fifties here in in Jersey, so uh, not too bad. But it, uh, God, I hate this game. I'll take I'll take the Jets because I don't think Fields is going to play. Well, we go to you, Chicago at home against the Jets. The Jets favored by six. I'll take the Bears plus six because the final score is going to be 3-0. So they'll cover. <laughs> Another under. Another under. I mean, if Fields doesn't play, who's scoring points? If Fields plays, I'm taking the Bears, by the way. From the Just east to the no west, we travel from Rutherford to Seattle. The Raiders, your Raiders, Molt, take on the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously up there. <laughs> Seattle's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Molt, we'll start with you because these are your boys. Who do you like? 10-7 makes the playoffs all day. Money line. Money line Raiders. Coos, we go to you. Raiders at Seattle, Seattle three-and-a-half-point favorites. Listen, only because I watched my team go up there earlier this year, I'm going to take Seattle. It's a tough place to play. It's a, And it's not even like, they it's built not even like the dimensions are different. Like It's just a pain. Like The, the crowd is always into it. It's always raining. And it's probably going to be raining. It's going to be a pain in the neck. You do wear gloves, do not wear gloves. Everybody's sad when they get there. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Seattle's a nice place. I've been there uh, once. It was uh it was a fun time, but uh, nonetheless, no John, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take I'll take the Seahawks in this one. We move forward Sunday four oh six. The Los Angeles Chargers travel a little bit east to the, take on the Arizona Cardinals. The Chargers are the away favorites at three points. Molt, we'll go to you. Chargers or Cardinals? Is Kyler playing? Is he back? Kyler is playing. He is playing. Today. It's not double XP this week. <laughs> it's already done, bro. It's two weeks of playing are done. He's back in the lineup. Uh. Mike Williams is out, right? No, not official. Not official? Day to day. day Keenan, full go. Keenan, well, I mean, his hamstring decides if he wants to play or not. <laughs> no pitch count, no pitch count. Yeah, give me, yeah, his hamstring can still fall off the bone in any minute. <laughs> You're right. Uh, give me the Chargers, though. Give me the Chargers. They haven't really, they still haven't looked good in a while. Give me the Chargers. They, they owe some of the shellacking also, and the Cardinals defense is terrible. Goose. Yeah, Keenan Allen and Julio Jones, the two most hamstring injuries I think I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, between the two of them, always. Two had, of the best always, receivers in our time. Right. It always had problems. I, I, I guess maybe they're like guys like the what ifs. You mm-hmm. know, like what what if they actually had stayed healthy? I'll take the charge in this game. Nothing that you've seen from Arizona in the United States or in Mexico has shown you that they are going to be competitive in this game. Uh, so I'll take the Chargers. You're right. They're due for a shellacking. They're due for another Austin Eckler, like, three-touchdown game, too, uh, where he goes for, like, 25 yards with three touchdowns. Uh, so, we'll see. I, I like the Chargers. From Arizona to Kansas City, Missouri, the Los Angeles Rams take on the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Chiefs oh. are 15-and-a-half point favorites. I just saw that. 15-and-a-half? 15-and-a-half <laughs> home favorites against the Rams. The Rams are without Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup. Molt, Central Mouth is already hitting the floor. We'll start with you. Dude, 15 and a half is a lot. What's the name of the Rams quarterback that's playing? Water. Uh, something. No, he's not. He's, hurt, he's too. hurt too. <laughs> yeah. oh, something no. Perkins. I think he's a, <laughs> oh, think no. he's a wide receiver at one 15 point. 15 is too short. 30. <laughs> I, mean, I, I can't. It, there's a, this is a trap game. This is a trap game, but give. Ah, God. Give me the Chiefs. Give me the Chiefs. Chiefs Travis, Travis Kelsey is so good. He's he's officially, he's just under David Ortiz and my most. He's now my second most hated athlete in sports. Nice. Giannis is still mine. Goose, we go to you. He, wait, who's yours? Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, wait, yep. <laughs> All right. We are, yeah, okay. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever the Chiefs line is, it's not enough. Uh, this team is, I, I mean, Mahomes is throwing dimes to his third string tight end. Who? No Gray. Put respect on his name. That's great, John. Do you know who the third string tight end is for the Giants? He's probably starting this. Yeah, no, because yeah, no, he doesn't get any dimes thrown to him. That's why. 
Mahomes is ridiculous. It's unbelievable uh, what they're doing. They look they look primed for another huge run. Uh, Remember when people said they were going to miss the playoffs? Remember that? Remember that that conversation? We also had the conversation about whether this was going to be the best division in NFL history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that kind of fell off the... Oh, Lord. Josh McDaniels. No, it's going to be the Raiders come back 10-7, and makes the playoffs, boys. Come on. Imagine. Um, I'll take Kansas City to cover whatever. (laughs) I I don't even care what it is. From Missouri to the Golden Gate, the New Orleans Saints take on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Niners are eight and a half home favorites. Goose, we'll start with you. Who do you got? This Niners team looks like the team in the NFC prime to make their postseason run. Uh, team's really kind of getting comfortable with McCaffrey. Debo's obviously electric. Kittle's unbelievable. Even when you take away McCaffrey, there's so many options. Well, right, because that's then you make him throw the football and, like, good and luck. Jimmy G and could, could throw it to open guys. And Brandon Ayuk. It, it was funny. I saw this stat the other day. It said Jimmy Garoppolo in the last 14 games when he hasn't thrown a pick, they're 14-0. and And I'm like, wow. Thank God we have a stat that tells me when the quarterback doesn't turn the football over, like teams are really good. Like thank God for that statistic. Like we we are so much better off as a society for it. Um, but yeah, if you stop the run game, which you've got about nine thousand different run plays to stop, then you open up Ayuk, Samuel, George Kittle's ridiculous, and Joan. We saw on Twitter these morons just go after Trent Williams for supposedly tipping off whether it's a run or pass. Based on his stance, although every there's a whole bunch of offensive linemen that have done this throughout the entirety of football. And, uh, yeah, uh, Trent Williams is still the best left tackle in football. By, by my, I don't care what the grade says. Andrew Thomas is going to be that guy one day, I think. Uh, but Trent Williams ain't passing the torch. You know, th- this guy's got a lot left in the tank, and he's super impressive. And I don't really care if he tells you where he's going. Like, I just don't think you can do anything about it. So, uh, fans on Twitter... Thumbs down. Who do you got, Mo? Eight and a half favorites. Uh, Saints take on the Niners. Eight and a half's a lot. I'll take the Niners, though. They looked incredible. That was probably the best I've seen a team look in a game last on Sunday night than I've seen in anyone I've seen or Monday night. Since playoff Chiefs, maybe? Yeah. They, yeah. They, every aspect of football looked amazing. Their defense is great. Offense unstoppable. Sunday primetime. The Green Bay Packers head to Philadelphia to take on the 9-1 and one Eagles. The Eagles are six and a half point home favorites. Goose, we'll start with you. Packers at Eagles. Packers at Eagles. This game was supposed to be good when they came out with the schedule. Um, Philly hasn't looked all that impressive lately. The last cut, the last two weeks, obviously they lose Late the home game week. to Washington in stupid fashion. Brandon Graham, um, and then the Indy game. They yeah they they should have lost that game too. Yeah, I mean, Indy by no honest, measure has been the measuring stick this year. Right. So. If we're being honest, they should have lost that game too. So. I don't know, Joel's does like Rogers started throwing his Christian Watson guy, who like I don't know, like I predicted to be offensive rookie of the year, and he's not going to win the award uh, because he's coming on too late. But I mean, heck, you know, the guy had two catches for twenty-two yards and two touchdowns in the Thursday night game. Yeah, another ago. three touchdown game and a two touchdown game within this next six game stretch or whatever. He might well be in there. Yeah, and uh, so listen for the fact that it's the Eagles and the fact that they haven't looked great. I'd give me Green Bay. I I don't know. Like I, there's no real reason to pick them, except for the fact that I can't really pick the Eagles. Sunday prime time, Packers at Eagles. Oh, that's prime time game too. Yeah, I'm oh, taking the Eagles in a shellacking. They looked, they almost lost last week after a loss, so almost two back to back losses. I'll give them a shellacking. I don't think the Packers are good. Offense, it looked pretty decent last week, but even that was a couple bomb touchdowns. It's not like when was the last time it looked like Rogers back to back drives, just like was old Rogers. Yeah, yeah, just like oh, six yard, eight wild. yard, twelve yard. They're not even running the ball well. And they have two amazing running backs. Yeah, Give me the Eagles win by touchdown. 
Our last game in November and our game Monday night at 8.15 is the Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are two-and-a-half-point home favorites against TJ Watt and the Steeler and the Steel Curtain. Goose, who do you got? I am really big begging the NFL to flex out Monday night games, too. I know they can do it for Sunday night games, but for the love of God, can we please flex out these? They'll sell Monday night to Netflix before they start flexing games. They, they need to flex out these, <laughs> these Monday night games. They're, they're absurd. I don't know really who to pick in this game, but I'll take, I, I don't know, I'll take Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, I guess. I guess they'll stop Jonathan Taylor, Cam Hayward and the boys, TJ Watts back. I guess they'll stop the run, and that's that's all I got for you. Moult, who do you got? I'm on the same page, TJ Watts can eat Matt Ryan alive, but again, this game, this game is disgusting. This is who wants to watch this game. <laughs> Who's going to stay up to past 930 to watch the Colts and the Steelers? John Taylor, fantasy owner. Is yeah, about Jeff it? Saturday. Yeah, 6-3 final on this one, too. Uh, and that basically wraps up week twelve. Well, no, it does wrap up week twelve in the NFL until week thirteen, until we and until December. That's it for the NFL. Yeah, Joel's uh, giant. Uh, by the way, we talked about last week the removal of the turf at MetLife Stadium. Yep. Uh, it has just one giant big fu. Uh, it took Wandale Robinson's ACL uh, this past weekend, so it certainly isn't going to go away quietly. Um, I think it's time, Joel. We talked about this a little bit. I think it's time to go universal on this. Universal grass. Um, I think it, it, it's we're beyond time, in my opinion. Um, but just to keep it rolling, college football. We've got the game this week: Michigan, Ohio State. Uh, we joked because uh, LeBron always gives Ohio State stuff. They got cleats, and the Jordan brand is for Michigan. So we're finally getting LeBron Jordan, like we never got to see on an actual basketball court. Um, this should be a fun game. LeBron's smoking by fifty. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game, I think, for the people in Columbus. I think Michigan's due for a shellacking. Uh, they're without their top two running backs. I know the top one is going to be out this week. Uh, so, we're going to see. But the game's always an interesting atmosphere. It's a bucket list game for me. I'm not going to lie. Like, I would love to go to at least one of them, uh, whether that be in the horseshoe or at Michigan. And um, Devils continue to roll 13 straight. Uh, those look beautiful. And then we'll finish with uh, none other than the World Cup. Which uh, the United States won one draw against Wales in their first action. Wea, but <laughs> only goal score for the United States. America. Yeah, Wea was awesome. Um, and actually, there was a game-saving yellow card, probably the greatest yellow card in the history of the World Cup. Um, but that's a different day. Um, Refs were screwing us. Saudi Arabia defeats Argentina in what was the largest upset in World Cup history. I believe Argentina was coming in on a 32-game match win streak. I think it was 36. 36. 36 unbeaten. Unbeaten Um, match streak. And Saudi Arabia was plus 2,500 to win. So if you bet $100, you would win $2,500 if Saudi Arabia won. That's how big of an underdog they were. Saudi Uh, Arabia, Saudi Arabia. (laughs) Theme song for (laughs) Thanks, Joss. Um... And then Japan beats Germany. Uh, so we've seen some upsets here. Uh, and then headed into the second match, it's going to be the United States against England. A uh, <laughs> Winner keeps 21 Savage. <laughs> obviously, a, um, it, it, you know, a lot of people are going to use it for a lot of different things, right? You a know, lot of history there. Payback, there's a lot, you know. A lot of the, tea parties there. The, the U.S. beating up on the Brits before. Uh, are they looking for revenge? Amal, you said it when we came in. U.S. got to stay close. Yeah. Uh, especially... Tying that first game, goal differential will probably come into play uh, at some point with Wales, so they got to keep this one close. I'm by no means a soccer diehard. Sure. When international pool comes on, you got to represent America, and that's what we're doing here. Let's go, boys. America. There we go. And uh, the goalkeeper, I forgot, I'm blanking on his name. So Matt Turner. Matt Turner. 
From Richfield Park, New Jersey. I was just going to say, he's Shout a Jersey out. guy. Yeah. I saw that, yeah. Did it so. make, a t- I was reading somewhere, like, did it make his high school team the freshman or sophomore year? <laughs> God, why do these stories? It's the same thing with Jordan <laughs> when he got cut his friend. Like, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> why does this happen? This kid couldn't make freshman soccer. But uh, He can't handle the pros. Nonetheless, obviously, everything <laughs> going around about Qatar, he can't have beer in there. They lose $75 million. Budweiser, the $75 million worth of beer is going to the winning country, uh, which means they'll be... Intoxicated for three weeks straight. Unless maybe. it's Germany, that gives them like a day. Unless it's Germany, then it gives them about a day, day and a half, uh, maybe. But uh, it, nonetheless, the World Cup, FIFA getting exactly what they deserve for giving the World Cup to Qatar. Um, and there's just been, it's been a lot going on, guys, just in terms of you know protests and what you know. We talked about that there's the armbands uh, that the players were trying to wear. Then they got threatened with yellow cards and all that stuff. I listen. I would play a clean enough game of soccer where, like, if you gave me a yellow card to start the game, like, it wouldn't matter. Um, but, you know, whatever. So, uh, the Iranians refuse to sing their national anthem. So, that is not going to be okay. That's punishable by jail time in, in Iran. So, uh, good luck to those guys going home. And uh, it's just going to be, we're going to have to see what the U.S. decides to do. Uh, first time they've been in the World Cup since in, in eight years because um, they disgracefully weren't in the last one. But nonetheless, that's, uh, that's all I can think of. There's a lot of sports going on. And, guys, just last topic, we'll, uh, we'll go around the room here. Joe, we're going to start with you, turning the tables on you a little bit. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's a great holiday. Uh, I've said it's my favorite holiday because when you look at me, you say two things. Wow, that kid probably eats a lot of food, and wow, that kid probably played football. And what's Thanksgiving all about? The food and the football. So it's awesome. Great holiday. <laughs> John, talk to me about traditions in the house. What do you guys like to do? What are you guys planning to do I this year? I got my brother and his family coming over, and I'm going to be with both of my sisters and my parents. We get together. We cook a good meal. And I'm basically asleep by 5 o'clock because I'm eating by 2. Giants-Cowboys is a big one because my brother's a Cowboys fan, so I will be going head-to-head with him in-house. It's going to be a good day. I'm thankful for a lot, obviously. Family, friends, work. That I'm able to work, all the good stuff in life. But yeah. Any any uh any non traditional things at the dinner table? Anything any favorites at the dinner table? Cauliflower's way up there and everyone's like, Oh, why do you like cauliflower? Cauliflower and butter is the top vegetable of all time. Stuffing's up there, mashed potatoes is up there. Alright, just terrible take, but you know you can have, you can have cauliflower cauliflower with butter any day of the week, right? You could buy it frozen, you put it in the microwave for like a minute and a half, put some I butter on there. Because it's special one day a year. So he ma- so he makes it spe- like it's yeah. special for him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, enjoy yeah. the meal more All because right. I wait for it. Do you Mom, eat- you? Hold on, I gotta ask. I gotta ask. Do <laughs> oh, you boy. eat cauliflower other days of the year? Or no, no. So it's the best vegetable. And you eat it one day a year. Yeah, mostly super corn and green beans for the most part. For vegetables like a steak, okay. green beans, corn, and potatoes. <laughs> What'd you ask, Goose? I'm sorry, that was that <laughs> about, was crazy. How about you? What are you, what are you guys doing? What are you guys having? And what's the uh, what's the specialty? Yeah, normally normally it's at my house. We're going to my aunt's house this year nice. up in PA. So that's an hour and a half trip there. Uh, my favorite, uh, I'll be honest, my favorite's the leftovers. Thanksgiving on yeah. a roll Ooh. is what we like to call it. Oof, good, but good broccoli part. cheese casserole, that's my favorite side. Cornbread casseroles up there, too. Nice. Yeah, yeah, all the casseroles are good on Thanksgiving. That's my favorite part of Thanksgiving, too, the casseroles. I normally have those. Uh, I cannot order the fact that Joel on just said, he just said a vegetable and then just butter on it, too. Like, it wasn't even, like, anything crazy, just butter <laughs> no, on it. No, no, yeah. Like, next time I'll come, I'll bring you some frozen, some frozen. <laughs> I, like, uh, I can afford cauliflower. Apparently bag. not. You eat it one day a year. It's your favorite thing. <laughs> I also hate cauliflower, but uh, yeah. How about you, Joe? Uh, Goose, got any good plans? Uh no. We usually just hang out at my at my house, and my brother my brother will come over. 
Um, my sister's home from college, so uh, we'll just hang out and. Mom makes a mean mac and cheese, homemade mac and cheese. We don't do mac and cheese. It's my biggest complaint. Is mac and cheese a Thanksgiving food? We were I having discussions about it. It's based on the household. Yeah, like... I think it is, and I, I, I try to petition my family for it, and my mom gave me the hard no like two or three years ago, and she cooks most of it, so I can't, I can't argue. <laughs> yeah, but what kind I'm of breadcrumbs to sprinkle on mac yeah, and cheese? Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm jealous. jealous. Mom jealous. makes a great mac and cheese, and the best part is the next seven days, what's the... It doesn't matter what the entree is. What the side is is mac and cheese. Yeah. And it's a beautiful thing, so... I uh, love Thanksgiving. It's going to be fun time. Always, I, I like cranberries, too. Cranberries are very, very delicious. Yep. I'm not a big cranberry um, guy, but my family does. And away from yeah. the food, don't forget to be thankful for your family, your friends, your loved ones. It's a yeah, go, it's Dave uh, so, remembrance. Listen, go out there and, you know, again, we're not asking you to give, that, like, three grand away. Remember but, you thinking. know, hold the door for somebody. You know, do something do something nice. Say thank you an extra time. You know, do, do something. Don't, you know, throw your coffee back at the worker or whatever. Uh, so don't do something stupid like that. But, uh, Joan, we're nearing the end of episode 73, uh, which is pretty crazy because, like I said, soon enough we're going to hit triple digits. Uh, and then we're really moving. And uh, that, then we well, then we kind of run out of players to, like, name it after, which is going to be That's a problem. That's true. What are you guys going to do? The 100, we have to get on video. I'm going to cry. Brett, have to throw it on video, the YouTube. I mean, we could. What are you going to name the episodes, though? Well, 101. Even like you're going out of well, 101 is going to be Zoe 101, the TV we'll show. Start picking like runners. We get the number plate 101. <laughs> you're going to run out of those very quickly, <laughs> yeah. or mispronounce every single one of them. Um, Runner 101, NYC Marathon 2019. <laughs> <laughs> it's be Bob Smith. <laughs> Malt, always, uh, always good to have you in the studio. Um, obviously, if Seattle wins this weekend, we'll never see you again. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> let the people know where to uh, reach you on social media. Uh, at Eric M46. Uh, I better not get zero follow requests if we're losing on Sunday because I will not be accepting them and I'll be DMing you very hurtful things. <laughs> you can uh, you can always reach out to me uh, on Instagram or Twitter at Goose on the Mic. Pretty simple there. Um, not too not too many tricky things there. Joel, on where might the people be able the people? Excuse me, I'm thinking of food already. Uh, be able to find you and or the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at good old Joel's. You can follow our Instagram at airedout.podcast and our Twitter at podcast aired out. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, feel free to reach us out on those. Yeah, absolutely. And again, we always appreciate you guys tuning in and listening. And, you know, again, I think the beauty of this, Joel, is that, you know, yeah, everything we do is current, um, but you can always go back and listen to an episode, uh, listen to Jolan's, you know, Giannis takes and, uh, everything else and anything else in between. So we're lucky. I don't say anything too outlandish on this. Yeah, that's because I hit the record button at the right time. But uh, nonetheless, Joe, Lon, that's going to do it for episode seventy-three, the Joe Thomas episode. Uh, even though Larry Allen is stronger than him, uh, I'll take it. Whatever. But uh, Joe, Lon, until next week, until the massacre of plenty of turkeys, and until episode seventy-four. Giants, giants, help us, God. <laughs> <laughs>